Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the O Show Podcast, we talk about all Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Was it a success? Yep. We talk about Talk is Jericho with John Moxley. Was that a success? Yep. We talk about WWE's new electric chair segment. Was that a success? Not even close. Will this podcast be a success? Only one way to find out. Double or nothing, best pay-per-view of all time in my opinion. I don't know about you, Declan. It was the greatest fucking show ever. Alright. Yeah, I th- I think I wanna say it was the greatest show ever. I think No, it, it was the greatest show ever. No, I think it just exceeded expectations. Expectations were sky high, like to the moon. Oh yeah, well I understand that, but the fact that finally fans have actually seen a big-time wrestling show that have exceeded their expectations or at least reached their expectations, that was awesome because every WWE show for the last... Or at least think about it this way. Every WWE show since All In has been shit. All In was the last time there was a successful wrestling show. Now it's double or nothing. So and they got Moxley. So this is the first time that wrestlers are actually using their own creative minds to put together a wrestling show. I mean, if you well, yeah, Jericho said it best. Jericho said it best. Jericho was talking about how like they they know what they're doing. They're they're wrestlers. No one knows what's better for their characters but them. You know. And the fact that they they have the creative freedom inside and out of the ring to develop their own characters is awesome because their TV deal with TNT doesn't start until October, I believe. So I'm guessing they're going to be using their so- own social media and AEW social media platforms to, per- to uh, develop their characters, I guess. That's the only thing they can do. Uh, and at the shows, Cody Rhodes even said it in the, uh, the post-pay-per-view press uh, release that they had. Each show has to be better than the next. So Double or Nothing had to be better than All In. Fight for the Fallen, which is July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida, has to be better than Double or Nothing. Yeah, which I'm hoping... I'm hoping we can... I I told Mom about that. She didn't really sound opposed to it. It just depends when I can come to North Carolina because I want to go to that show. I want to see the crown. I'm definitely definitely going to fight for... For the fall, this is a four-hour ride from where I'm at in Charlotte. I am pumped. I am fired up. And as everybody, all wrestling fans should have their fucking souls on fire right now for all elite wrestling. They knocked it out of the park. 
first pay-per-view ever. Hangman Page, number one contender after winning the buy-in battle royal for the uh, AWE championship. Or AEW championship. <laughs> I'm too excited. Uh, and he's going to face Jericho. So Jericho picked up the clean win over Omega in the main event with uh, the Judas effect, which didn't really hit it for me. I don't think he sold it that well, his new finisher. It's almost very similar to the uh, the elbow that uh, Bad News Barrett used to use. Yeah, it is. It's nothing special. It's a very generic wrestling move. I think he's going to whip out you know the Codebreaker more than you think. I used it a few times in the match. Yeah, I think I think I don't think that that new finisher is going to stick because he's smart with wrestling and I think he's going to realize it's stupid unless he gets to the point where he can't use the code breaker and maybe that's why he's trying to find a backup. Well, I think now. he wants to use a new finisher because he is Chris Jericho. He's the goat and he wants uh, to develop a brand new finisher for a brand new wrestling company. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Kind of like, like how, how Adam thinks, Hangman Page is getting a AEW title shot right off the bat. They want so, to develop look, the Hangman stars. Page, Hangman Page, in one way or another, is their Rollins, 100%, in my eyes. Well, they, they need to, so Jericho... Not that I need Rose. to compare the two companies, but, you know, he's kind of, he's going to be that guy. I think if they develop him right, I think there's even an article about it. Um, I think Moxley's going to be their Stone Cold if they do it right, you know, which they're going to. Well, the thing is with Adam Page is that they want him to be the first AEW guy. So Jericho, no, so you think, so you the think, WWE guy. You think Jericho is going to go WWE under? WWE guy. Yeah. Moxley, and uh, WWE guy. You have Omega, New Japan guy. Yeah. Young Bucks, New Japan guys. I think right now, with how hot it is. You know what? I think you let Balor, you let Styles finish out the summer in October. Once that TNT TV deal starts and they're on every week, they those guys need to hop over. You know, uh, the, well, the I don't think it's, guys, <laughs> it's not that easy. Uh, no, no, because I know a brand new deal with WWE. I don't think. I think this was the last deal. I think AJ Styles actually said that this is the last um, deal he's signing in professional wrestling before he retires, uh, the deal he just signed with WWE. So I think that's that door is officially uh, closed. Finn Balor, I don't know. He's the current, what, intercontinental champion right now? Right, yeah. How long is he going to have it, though, until they, they fuck up again and you s- try to push someone that shouldn't be pushed? Yeah, so Finn Balor, intercontinental champion at the moment. I say they take it off him. Soon, like they're going to do, maybe throw them in that fucking bullshit 24-7 hardcore title thing. I don't even know. Uh, whatever. How do, you, how do you feel about that, by the way? How do I feel? I'm upset that I even know about it. I unfollowed WWE a couple weeks ago, and then, of course, it's still like in my recommended feed on Instagram and YouTube. And I'm like... I see this thing, Mick Foley, to present new title on Raw. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So, I happened to tune in at the perfect time that night. And he debuted this 24-7 thing, and I just turned the TV off. And it was gross. And I also tuned in this week, too, because I wanted to see how uh, the crowd would be reacting 
to Raw. And I was also excited to see how WWE was going to respond to AEW. So I thought maybe they'd have a great Raw. But, you know, it was a typical Raw. And we'll get to that a little bit later with the whole electric chair uh, segment. But that means absolutely nothing. People freaked out about it. It meant nothing. He said nothing other than the letters AEW. Uh, so, double or not, like literally, if you could rate that thing 10 out of 10, it's it's like a 9.5. No, it's, if, it's if you up don't there. rate it a 10. Did that not, was, did that, did that not, that whole pay-per-view not give you such a WCW feel? Yes, but they needed to kick it off with a bang. Like, it, it had to be awesome. Like Cody said, it had to be better than All In. So, yeah, they pulled out a few guys who we probably won't see ever. Like, Bret Hart uh, introducing the AEW title. That was a cool moment. Did not expect to but, see him yeah, there. Well, just like the, whole, the whole vibe of the show was like almost like a rebirth of... WCW in a way like this is the, we're once again entering an era in professional wrestling where Vince McMahon is faced with actual competition exactly well again they had to kick things off with a bang by using big established names already not everybody in the world knows who Adam Page is not everybody in the world knows who Kenny Omega is or the Young Bucks and that's that. why I'm so fucking excited because people are gonna the name Adam Page is gonna get around that's not an easy name to forget. A match at Fight for the Fallen between Jericho and Page could go either way. Uh, Jericho winning the title, of Yo, course. Can, you, face the can you repeat what you just said? You completely chopped out. All right. Uh, chop. Jericho versus Page. Fight for the Fallen. Jericho wins. He's the face of AEW at the moment. Already established name. Hall of Fame wrestler in WWE. Would be a great guide for them to hold the first belt, storyline-wise. Also, a great um, thing would be for Adam Page to win it if they want to establish their first All Elite Wrestling tag superstar and give him the chance to be the inaugural champion. Yeah, I think that's very smart. You make a good point. Like, it would be one thing to give it to Jericho, but Jericho has made a name for himself everywhere already. And Jericho will be AEW champion at some point. For storyline purposes, but I think the right thing to do is to give the championship to a fresh face, you know? Yeah, and that, that will probably main event fight for the Fallen. It's not announced yet. It'll probably be Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page for the AEW championship, which is oh, July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida. I will be there. Trust me, after Double or Nothing, I will be there. Oh, wow. Oh. This ice is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, I was chewing ice after drinking water. And yeah, welcome back to the show, buddy. Cold, cold ice. We've missed you. Hey, but, uh, uh, well, we're doing well, all right? State finals, Friday. Oh, talk to me about the concert. Talk to me about O'Hara and Friends. O'Hara so and Friends, here, the Declan concert. Here yes. Had a yes. Concert you want a story time? At in front of hundreds of people. At <laughs> yeah, in front of three hundred people. Three hundred yeah. <laughs> screaming O'Hara holics watching at home. How was it? That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you one thing. If I post a picture from this concert on Instagram at any point, 
I'm going to say hashtag O'Hara-holics because that's so funny. <laughs> See, for me, they'd be jackaholics. That's easy. I don't know what they'd be for, like, deckheads. De de <laughs> I was going to say deckaholics, but deckheads, O'Hara-holics. Well, you know, AP, my friend Anthony Paradiso, his would be ants. AP's ants. Ants marching. You know, I'm pretty sure... Dave Matthews Band, that was supposed to be, um, he intended for that to put what they were going to be called ants. Because ants marching, like, all following. And then all of a sudden, the official fan club thing came out years later called, and it was just called Warehouse, which is another song. And he was like, that makes no sense, but whatever. So how'd it go? The show, really well. We stopped. I, I, I was smart. I figured it out. Because I knew Mikey Sanchez wonderful kid he played bass in the show um he wanted to do some songs with one of his other bands so they were like yeah he can be the opening act and i was like nah fuck that so i decided instead of there being an opening act there was just gonna be three sets it was the first set was gonna be mikey and his band the second set was gonna be an acoustic set and the third set was gonna be o'hare and friends the band as a whole but throughout the acoustic set, I would bring them out individually to do songs, which I did for the most part. Um, but I found out that um, Sanchez's band in the beginning was only doing four songs. So I had room to make either the electric set longer or the acoustic set longer. I made the acoustic set longer. And it was a blast. It was a total blast. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous going out there. But after the first two songs, we were good. Second uh, song... I saw some pictures from uh, some of your, uh, what you would call it, before you go on. The, like, was it rehearsal? What, what, where were we? Were like, we days before, like, you probably, I know. Oh, you yeah, okay. You, know, you didn't see any pictures from the show? I, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you definitely felt like Axl Rose up there. <laughs> You definitely felt like a superstar when you shouldn't have felt like a superstar. And, uh, what do you mean? Of course, that was a completely appropriate time for me to feel like a superstar. Were there really three hundred people there? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Three hundred screaming O'Hara holics. I walked out in this shirt. I'm wearing a tank top right now. A Myrtle Beach, South Carolina tank top. A tank top. I think we're fishing in like Orlando or something. I was wearing this and a bucket hat. And I walked out there with my guitar and I just held it over my head. And I couldn't see. I could only see like the first two rows because of the lights. And I just hear everyone start screaming. And I'm like, oh shit, there's too many people here. Right now, there's too many people here right now. But it went well. Except the second song, you know, Murder in the City by the Ava Brothers. Is that the one where it's uh, Tell My Sister That I Love Her? Yeah, that one. So I shouted it out to mom. I go, all right, this one's for my mom, right? Tell my sister that I love her. First verse. The first verse, I screw up, and into the microphone, I just go, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, mom must have loved that. I was just, I... That's my son. Yeah, I don't even remember what line I screwed up. But I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was funny. It was whatever. Everyone they must laughed. have loved it at oh. high school. That wasn't even the worst part. The best part was Miss... Or I'm not even going to say names. But the teacher came on... And played a song with me, and we did we did um, "Peaceful Easy Feeling" by the Eagles and "Wagon Wheel." Of course, everyone knew that. 
But he got up there and he was tuning up and was like fixing his amp. So he leans in my ear and he's like, he's like, uh, kill time, improvise something, champ. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> so first I play the SpongeBob song, like the boom, bum, boom, bum, boom, 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 that shit. Yeah. That's the first thing that you could think of. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to do. And then one of my buddies from the crowd just goes, Colt 45. You know the song Colt 45? No, but I'm gonna. Colt 45 by Afro Man. Either throw it on or it might, I might have to sing it. You know, I do have the audio files from the show on my computer. I could probably play them right now. Uh, this is supposed to be a double or nothing podcast, so maybe we can save that one for a later date. But I'm oh, sure well, most well, of all right, all right, all right, hold on. I'm you not sure you most asked of me. Our listeners are intrigued by you asked me. You asked me. Maybe we could do a vlog later. So that all the screaming O'Hara-holics from that night can rewatch as you play in the basement with Mikey Sanchez. Oh, and my God. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But back to Double or Nothing. You just totally so cut me off, let, you asshole. All right, whatever. Keep going. Relax. Wow. It was, you, That's you politics, brother. That's what? That made no sense. You, you asked That's, me. You asked me and then said, okay, shut the fuck up. Alright, back to Devil or Nothing. I'm over. Alright, so the buy-in. Surprise entrant. Hangman Page wins it because uh, Pat Pock, formerly known as Neville, uh, felt creative differences from his match with Hangman Page. So I guess Neville hasn't lost since leaving WWE. He's on a huge winning streak right now, and Page was set to go over. So Pock and company... I guess decided not to have the match because they couldn't figure out what the yeah. ending. Yeah, but did he break off his contract with AEW? He's not wrestling. For no, anything? no, no. He still. They had the match four days before Double or Nothing on YouTube, but I don't know. I don't know the logistics of it, but there were some creative differences, and they're going to have a match at a later date. So Paige wins the buy-in battle royal, which was on the buy-in. Not the pre-show, the buy-in. It's different. Uh, the The actual show kicked off. That's where with, you. That's where you cue Will Ferrell from Step Brothers going. I wasn't fired. I was laid off. You wouldn't know the difference. Exactly. <laughs> the salmon sucks. I said it four times. All right, continue. But double or not, they definitely gave us something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's talk Boom. about Britt Baker Death versus Nyla right. Rose versus Kylie Ray. <laughs> the best part of this match was when Brandy Rhodes came out to introduce the newest signing of all elite wrestling. Awesome, awesome Kong, Kong. Yeah. Okay. Formerly known as Karma. Everyone. Who had the greatest intro in WWE, but for whatever reason, it didn't pan out for her. I know she got like pregnant. Like, literally six weeks into her run. Yeah, and then they had the Bella Twins barrier. It was bullshit. But Awesome Kong debuts, wipes out Britt Baker and company. Yeah, I think Britt Baker's going to be... She's definitely positioned to be the uh, the face of the women's division. I think it was Kylie Ray who picked up the win. You know what's so funny? You know what I Uh, think happened? I think Vince decided to throw the Raw Tag Team titles on um, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins because he, he was afraid that they would go right to AEW and make a name for themselves. 
Well, they're not even on TV. They're the Raw Tag Team Champions. They're not even on I TV. Know. I Daniel know. Daniel Bryan said it on SmackDown last night that the WWE's tag team division sucks. He's right. He's totally right. That wasn't heel heat. He was telling an honest opinion. Yeah. So that takes us That takes us to Angelico and Jack Evans versus the best friends, Trent Beretta. Remember him? Vince? I, I love Trent I bet Beretta. you don't. I bet, I bet I he doesn't. I bet you don't. Trent Beretta's a great talent. Best friends picked up the victory in that one. Wait, who's his brother? Trent Beretta's brother is someone. He's also out. Uh, Correct. Beretta's... We might get him on this podcast. We might get him on 50-50 booking. We have a connection there. So stay tuned for that. But uh, I want to jump right into uh, Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. So okay. it was announced a month before that uh, Dustin was going to make the switch from WWE to AEW, which was weird because I, I, I don't contact, think it was weird. I, I contacted was Dustin's that. agent, Dustin Rhodes being gold dust for the WWE brass out there. Uh, contacted his agent a few months back to see if we can get him on. And his agent said, um, you know, he's a WWE talent. Code, like his brother Cody's in AEW. I guess I phrased it in a way where I was like, yeah, let's talk about uh, AEW if you want to. Uh, basically saying that Dustin was WWE property. Cody runs AEW. Uh, we're not looking for interviews at this time. He's very busy. Little... To be known, two weeks later, he's in one of the main events at AEW's first ever pay-per-view. Uh, I think that was inevitable. I think Cody had it planned out that he's like, however, oh, but to celebrate you know the to celebrate the accomplishment, like, they're brothers. They love each other, but Cody and Dustin are not close. Like they're no. twenty years apart. Yeah, they're very. They're not close at all. And I think they're they have, very different. I think they have very different views on their father. I think Cody praised his dad a lot more than Dustin did in a way. Not to say that Dustin didn't appreciate Dust Dusty and what he did, but I think I don't know, I think they had differences there that kind of put a you know, fork in the road in their relationship. Um so they have the match. And at first, I'm kind of like, all right, Cody versus Dustin, we've seen it before in WWE, though he was Stardust Cody, which is why he left. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, but Cody versus Dustin had to be the match of the night. If I think not, so. If, if not the Young Bucks. I think Cody. that match had a staple for what this, the, this uh, brand is going to be. It's obviously not PG. After a match like that, was the bloodiest match I've seen this decade for sure uh it was a bloodbath it was charismatic great storytelling yeah, had fans crying by the end well it was an all-around great match dustin got like these huge you still got a chance he was pulling off some moves that you thought that he could never do again because of the way he performed in wwe not to mention the entrance we got to talk about the entrance Cody Rhodes comes down to the ring. Brandy Rhodes hands him a sledgehammer. Cody turns around, annihilates the Triple H, King of Kings throne. Yeah, you know, I was shocked at that. I didn't think he would take such a direct shot. But it was cool when the spotlight came onto the, um, onto the chair. I mean, the crowd went nuts. He uh, destroyed the chair. 
he said that it wasn't a direct shot at Triple H, more of saying that he's going to be a wrestler first before an executive, where I guess Triple H isn't, but that makes sense because he's like 50. Yeah, I mean, but it was a direct shot. That's like, a direct they, shot. They say yeah. we're not competing. Like, they're competing. Like they, they're, At this point, they're being humble because they don't want to, you know, bite off more than they can chew, so to say, you know? Like, they, that they was... Don't, they're afraid of getting ahead of, of themselves. They don't want to say their competition until they know they're right up there with WWE. Until their competition. Until they're beating Raw's and, rating yeah. in October. Did they, but, did they announce when... Is this going to be Thursday Night Dynamite on TNT? This is going to be Tuesday Night They haven't announced Tuesday? the official name, but that's, I think, the rumored name that they're going with on Tuesday nights. So it's going to be Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Dynamite, and then you're going to have Friday Night SmackDown going live on Fox starting in October. So, so right that's around another when... Change. Right so around when SmackDown be goes real, to... Uh, Right around when SmackDown goes to Fox in October, AEW is going to go live on TNT on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's going to be huge for professional wrestling. But they say they're not competing like you just mentioned. Like they, But eventually, like Cody Rhodes burned the bridge literally there oh, with, yeah. that, with that spot in his entrance. This means war. Uh, yeah, and the fact that Moxley... Came out, came out from the crowd, and took down Omega, took down the ref, took down Jericho. The fact that they threw him in the main event too, and then him and Cody posted the middle finger. Like, that was on. awesome. Like, come on, we'll get to that in a little bit. But a uh, quick shout out here to Jungle Boy made his debut in the uh, Casino Battle Royal. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, son of Luke Perry, who played. Uh, uh, Archie's dad in Rivers, what was it, Riverdale? Just passed away a few weeks back. Um, then we got Bret Hart, like we mentioned before, Bret Hart making a shocking appearance. Apparently it was going to be Ric Flair, but Ric Flair was in the hospital in Atlanta. Oh, no. If they got Ric yeah, Flair to introduce that title... That would have been a lot more interesting in the sense... Because you know Bret Hart and Vince McMahon always had issues. Uh, it would have been a lot more interesting top. because, you know... Um, Flair's Given his name, relationship yeah. with Triple H. Yeah, and Flair's name has been in WWE storylines more recently than Bret Hart's name has. And Bret Hart, been more everybody remembers the Montreal screw job. So it's not like he was going to be like, oh, no, like I can't do that to Vince. He was probably like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, introduces a lovely, lovely world title. Oh, it really that is. Bling, that bling. Oh, that, that's I, a nice looking title. I would hang that on my wall. That's a cool belt. I really hope they have an AEW shop looming very soon. Yeah, I hope they have their own brand, sell their own merchandise because, you know, it's. I a, mean, they got pro wrestling tees. Yeah, that's not there. We need the title. We need, yeah, like AEWshop.com. So that led to the tag team match, which also could have been the match of the night between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks that for the so uh, AAA awesome. tag team And now title. we're going to see Cody and Dustin versus the Young Bucks, which is going to be awesome. And that's happening at Fight for the Fall, and that's going to be phenomenal. Oh, that Jack, I want to go to this show. I want to get. I want to go to my first AEW show. I want to go to my first AEW show. Oh, it'll be such an experience. 
try and get some credentials. Think about it. You know what it'll be similar to? It'll be it'll be like a WWE house show at one of those small like Trenton arenas with like a slightly bigger stage and just like an unbelievably stacked card. Well, let, let, let's narrow this down now for Fight for the Fallen. Jacksonville, Florida, July 13th. He probably got Jericho versus Page for the AEW title. Hopefully, we get Omega versus Moxley, because that would tear the house down. Kind of hinted at that towards the end of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. You got the Young Bucks versus the Rhodes. And then from there, you could add on. The, that's a solid three main event right there. Matches you've never seen before. Put Pac in a, in a solid match with somebody. Have him go over, I guess. You got Pentagon. You know Moxley's going one-on-one with Pentagon at a fighter fest. Yeah. I mean, Daytona Beach. Um, kind of. It kind of sounds like Fire Festival. Kind of has the same logo to it. I feel like that's where they got it from. Probably. Uh, But that's going to be a solid pay-per-view. And again, Young Bucks victorious in their match over the Lucha Bros. Phenomenal, phenomenal match. That's what tag team wrestling is all about. Something that the Revival and company is missing out on on Monday Night Raw. Poor poor guys. They're they're held back. They're held back from, you know, reaching their goals in the ring in WWE. Whereas creatively... You know, where whether it's developing your character or developing your style in the ring, these wrestlers in AEW are going to be able to do practically anything they want. So that leads to the main event. Chris Jericho, whose entrance was pretty neat. So you yeah, had it's, WCW it's okay. I watched Jericho's entrance. I, I didn't... They could have done better with the people that they put. Yeah, the, I like uh, the idea. On. I like the idea. The only issue is obviously because of copyright issues and other conflicts with WWE, they couldn't use Jericho's music. Well, I, I like Judas. No, I like yeah, I like Judas for his his new character, but I mean for um, the the couple seconds for each past character. Well, the thing the thing that ruined it was the pe- like the people looked nothing like him. Yeah, like no. they looked more like Aiden English than the guy. Like the guy Jericho. holding the list of Jericho sign looked like he was he was like one of the poses for create a character in WWE Two K. He was just like holding the sign up. With the so you hands. had the lion heart. You had uh, the light bright jacket. And you had the list. Yeah. And then Axel Rose Jericho came out. If- that's probably what I'm going to call him. He's got the rocker hat. He's got the jacket. He's got the hair. Hmm. He's um, pretty good, I guess, Axel Rose. That's definitely what he's going for. Uh, you, you know he loves it with Fozzie. But oh, yeah. Jericho, Omega, great back and forth match. Second time we've seen them one-on-one. Uh, definitely wasn't the match of the night, but it was good back and forth. And then Jericho hits him with the Judas effect. Again, didn't really sell it that I well. I think it was, yeah, no, it wasn't great, but it was definitely smart that they put Jericho over because they they are doing a good job pushing him as the top heel in the in the promotion. And then he doesn't uh, break so character Jericho, on Jericho beats him clean. Yeah. What was that? Jericho doesn't break character on social media either. Do you notice that? Well, apparently he was supposed to uh, show up for Starcast too and do a talk as Jericho live, and apparently it was a big work. Where, People actually paid real money, and he didn't show up because AEW hasn't given him his quote-unquote thank you yet. 
Really? So massive heel work there because people actually paid money. They didn't show up. Uh, but after the match, Jericho wins cleanly over Omega, one and one now. Uh, after the match, he uh, demands his thank you, which led to the biggest moment in professional wrestling since I can't even remember when. Here it is. Crowds erupts. I mean, what a fucking awesome wrestling moment right there. Literally like three weeks removed from The Shield's final chapter, which aired on the network. Did you see how like free and unhinged he looked in the ring? He just felt like he was totally, totally like comfortable in his skin. Like he felt like he was doing the right thing in that moment. It was awesome. Just a breath of fresh air. John Moxley... Dirty deeds to Jericho and Omega. Even the referee got one as well. Yeah, well, of course. He's, that was he the most... Giant yeah, was that not the most stone-cold thing that he could have done? It was just out of nowhere. Just, the dirty deeds is the new stunner. I mean, he's got the mock spray-painted on his back. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air. It really is. I mean, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to it. I listened to it on the car ride uh, to work this morning. Jericho and Moxley talking about his departure from WWE for about an hour and a half. Great listen on Talk is Jericho. John Moxley on Talk is Jericho. Oh, listen to um, that. John Moxley buried the WWE. So for about five minutes, he was praising WWE. He's like, my wife works there. I have no issues. I finished out my contract. I, like, I'm grateful for the opportunity. They gave me a shot and I ran with it. He's like, I'm grateful for WWE. Now let's bury them for the next two hours. His words exactly. And he just went all in. No pun intended. He wow. went all in. Wow. It was it, it it's a must listen. If you if any wrestling fans out there need to listen to this podcast immediately. I'm gonna fall talk, asleep to that you know, tonight. Um he basically goes in saying that he knew he was going to leave before he returned last summer. No, don't. So I, oh, okay. You want to listen to it? No, you, you, you want me to spoil it for you? No, you can. You can. No, I, I was, Just give you the cliff notes? Yeah. Tell me what you're going to say. I mean, I cut you off with O'Hara and friends earlier. I don't want to okay. spoil the talk as Jericho for you. No, it's all right. Tell me what you're going to say. I want to hear. So Moxley basically tells Jericho that he was he planned on leaving already before he came back from injury. So he actually flew into Connecticut to meet with Vince. He's been having creative issues with Vince for six years, he said. He didn't like the whole goofy character. He didn't like... Like, when they were the Shield the first time, that's when he felt his most comfortable. When they separated and he became a face... He said the first time they gave him, like, a, the first time Ambrose gave uh, Creative a hint that he was funny, they were just writing jokes. Like, oh, this guy's just going to be a comedian, you know? Yeah. Like, his whole thing was, like, the wacky lunatic. Wow, friend. I got to listen to this. Yeah. And he basically 
So he flew into Connecticut to meet with Vince personally. He wanted to return as a heel and as a completely different, like, unhinged character. Vince said, you're going to come back and be in Seth Rollins' corner at SummerSlam. And Ambrose was just, he said he was mentally, physically burnt out. He was depressed. He says, like, literally, we have no creative freedom at all. And he goes, he comes back. Uh, they turn him heel eventually. So this is when right. the shield breaks up. This is when Roman leaves with leukemia. He comes a heel. And basically the whole thing when he was a heel feuding with Rollins was that uh, he was going to go week by week and insult the smell of the cities. And he's like, basically like Vince's whole thing, like, what's that smell? You know? Oh, that's so and shitty. And you saw it with the gas that mask. Is, yeah. You saw it with like the tissue. He's, he's like, that's terrible. That is terrible. He said he showed up to Raw every Monday. He would wake up in bed Monday morning and not even want to get up. He's like, I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to do this. Because every time I walk into a into the building, first things first, a writer comes up to me, hands me the script, and it's like just jokes about saying how bad the smell is in the city. He's like, this is terrible. And the writer goes, yeah, I know. So... Week by week goes by, and not to mention, there were a few moments yeah, where I know. there yeah, were a few moments where Ambrose had to uh, had to insult Reigns about his cancer, and uh, Moxley goes into that saying like, uh, "I'm not gonna say this. Like this is uh, like he legitimately has leukemia. I'm not gonna say this on live television. Like we have sponsors with uh, Susan G. Komen and company. Like there was some. So apparently, I." don't exactly remember what he said about Reigns having cancer. Like, something about saying, like, it's exactly what he deserves or something. I don't remember the exact line from that Raw. He said as soon as that came out of his mouth, he's like, I cannot believe I just said. Apparently, he went into Vince's office and tried to change his mind and came out of the office satisfied and realized, oh, Vince just did, like, the old Master Jedi trick on me. Like, I got nothing accomplished, but somehow he, like, persuaded me into doing it. And, uh, Apparently, Vince wanted him to say something else a few weeks later down the road. And it was, like, so messed up that he's like, that's where I'm drawing the line. Like, you want me to, like, you're going to lose the Susan G. Coleman, like, foundation sponsorships and everything if I say this on live TV. He didn't even say it on Talk as Jericho. He's like, I'll tell you afterwards, it's so bad. He didn't even say it on the podcast. And Vince was basically just like, no, no, this is good shit. Like, everyone's going to love this. And that's where he drew the line. Um, he knew he was out before he returned. So he's like, all right, I'm just like, how many days? I'm counting down the days. When's my contract up? End of April. I'll finish it out. Like, my wife works here. If I leave now, it puts her in a tough spot. Um, not that him headlining AEW's first ever event puts her in a tough spot. Uh but so Ambrose, I think we could fast forward now to the Royal Rumble. So it was the night after the Royal Rumble, big, uh, basically, uh, front office meeting, Vince. Don't tell, me, don't tell me everything about this. I want to hear some of this stuff. Okay. We can, we can end it there. We can end it there. John Moxley, a lot of great content there. Um,. So we saw at Double or Nothing a few of the shots that AEW took at WWE. So 
So we saw the sledgehammer to Triple H's chair. And of course, we saw the picture with Rhodes and Moxley holding up the double middle fingers uh, at the end of the show. Of course. And you could only imagine that WWE was going to strike back. Whether it was Triple H in the ring cutting a promo or whether they just slid it in there. And according to many people within the business, uh, Sami Zayn's been working closely with Vince McMahon. He's kind of becoming Vince's project, so to speak. So this new segment hosted by Corey Graves called The Electric Chair, I guess is going to be on Raw every Monday. And I guess the concept of it was they were going to ask fans, unscripted, like fans were going to be uh, allowed to ask questions. And I guess the concept was Vince was hoping that the fans were going to ask questions about AEW. But Vince didn't realize that fans were too intimidated to ask questions like that because they were probably feared to be kicked out of the building. Yeah. Uh, so Sammy's in the chair. They're asking, like, the worst questions you could think of. The guy was like, like well, why haven't you had the Universal Championship yet since coming back? And he's like, and uh, the other guy's like, uh, how does it feel to be beat up by uh, Braun Strowman every week? Uh, <laughs> that was that was bad. Uh, Sami Zayn's like, you guys could have asked me about anything. You could have asked me about AEW. And everybody's like, oh, like, I, I don't think, like, the, the crowd reacted in a way. It's like, oh, my God, he said it on live TV. I think they all reacted like, oh, yeah, we could have asked him that. Yeah, that's or exactly idiots. how they, that's literally exactly how they reacted. They're like, oh, well, maybe if they didn't make us think that this was, show is completely censored every week, that, well. You know, if you go back and listen to that, as soon as he says AEW, you, you can hear Michael Cole gasping through the broadcast headset. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> no, but Sami Zayn, like, that was a work, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of people who think, oh, he's going to get backstage. He went off script. Sami Zayn, if anybody's frustrated in their position right now in WWE, it's got to be Sami Zayn. Comes out week after week and basically, he's basically Vince McMahon's mouthpiece when it comes to the fans. Yeah, this is how Vince is using Sami Zayn to get information out of the fans because he doesn't know how else to do it. Vince is crazy. He's he's using Sami Zayn to berate the fans because Sami comes out every week. He's like, all you guys do is complain. Like, those are Vince's words in Sami's mouth. 100%. 100 155%. Oh, yeah. He's basically making like custom scripts for this guy. Uh, with his own, with his own input, his own anger. 100%. But that that was WWE's jab towards AEW. And it wasn't just by mentioning one. them. All the, so I, I don't know what they were trying to get accomplished there. AEW. Again, to Obviously John Moxley's point, the writers uh, suck. The creative, the creative way in WWE sucks. They need to change it. I think that's the way you put it. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, and he's totally right. His story kind of reminds me of CM Punk. CM Punk said similar things. Like, he didn't even want to get up, didn't want to go to work because he was so upset with the creative issues with his character. You know? And it's funny. I There's no way CM Punk doesn't show, like, doesn't open his wings in AEW in one way or another. He's got. You don't think? 
Jack, think about it. He was the first guy to finally publicly be like, okay, I'm going to break the fourth wall and show everybody why Vince is such a piece of shit while he was still in the company. He was the first guy to ever do that. He cut a promo on live TV saying the McMahons are corrupt and McMahons suck, right? Literally mentioned all the other wrestling companies out there. Too. Yeah, exactly. And Ring of exactly. Honor. He broke the fourth wall completely. He's one of the first guys to do that. This whole company is based off of everything he stood for. It's all based off of fuck Vince McMahon. We're professionals. We know what we need more than anybody else. So we don't need to be told what to do. We know what to do. This is what that this is what AEW is based off of. This is everything Punk stood for as a wrestler. There's no way he, maybe he he doesn't want to wrestle again. That's fine. But there's no way his head does not pop up on AEW at some point. I mean, as of right now, it's a part-time thing for a lot of people. Why not come back part-time? You still get to live your life at home in Chicago. Yeah, they got or a show. They got another, they, the they got another show coming up at the Sears Center in Chicago. All out, August 31st. Imagine, imagine we go to fight for mm -hmm. the fallen in Jacksonville, Florida. How are we getting to A Chicago? guy with a mask jumps into the ring, hits a GTS on Kenny Omega. Oh, I'd freak out. I'd cry. I think I'd cry. Not I'd to get mad. our hopes up. I always get my hopes up with Punk just because, you know, like that's that'll be the epitome of wrestling for me if he ever comes back. Oh, yeah. Like, how, like it's only been five years. It feels like 15. I know. It's almost been him 10 leaving, years since him leaving, in the bank match. Him leaving was like the end of an era. After that, WWE really never had like a super... That was the downfall run. right after that. Oh, yeah. That's where it all began. Um, I, if he shows up... That, that, him, him quitting was the, was the inspiration for all the other superstars within the company. That, that him... He truly was the voice of the voiceless. And him quitting gave other wrestlers the voice to do the same thing and have the balls to be like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. If I'm not. And so many people were doing it. Moxley did it. Fucking so many people should do it, honestly. Neville left. Neville left. He had a very valid reason. Dropped the cruiserweight title to Enzo Amore. Yeah, that's... Uh, Does not get any worse than that. No. And whatever happened to Enzo and Cass making a reboot? What happened to this free agent shit just disappeared? They just stopped. They're free agent Z. They're free agents. They, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the whole concept. I, they haven't, that hasn't popped up in a while, though. In like don't a, be shocked if oh. they show up at uh, All Elite Wrestling either. I don't know. Would that be Would the not, smartest move? Wouldn't be shocked. But honestly, I'm saying. it's something to think about. It. It could go either way. Cody could look at it and be like, I don't know, this might not be the greatest move. I don't know if Enzo has, like, the greatest rep anymore. Or he could look at it the other way and be like, okay, he was great on the mic as it is with the creative limits he had in WWE. Now give him a more open, you know, open area to use his talents on the mic. And let Cass do his thing. They could they could be a successful tag team in AEW. Well, it'll be interesting to see when they go live on TNT because I know they're going to be a PG product. Yeah, but PG can you know 
I don't know. You can work around PG. You see WWE works around PG all the time. And Tony Khan said it himself. It's going to be more about the wrestling. There's going to be no backstage funny business. Like, it's not going to be a comedy show. It's going to be about wrestling. It's, it's going, going to be, be about- good. No, it's, it's going to be good. When he says wrestling, though, I think he means more along the lines of what wrestling should be. And I think a prime example of that is the Attitude Area. Attitude Era. It's like they're, it's all going to be about sticking to characters and developing them and sticking to storylines. And then obviously the athleticism and the performances as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they make each show better than the last. I mean, All In was awesome. Uh, Double or Nothing was insane. Again, best pay-per-view in a long time. There was actually a guy who made a comment saying that Double or Nothing was the greatest pay-per-view he's seen in 10 years. And The Undertaker liked the comment on Instagram. Wow. So that's high praise. And Fight for the Fallen is going to have to be better. All Out is going to have to be better than Fight for the Fallen. If they can reel in Punk, the game's changed. If they reel in Punk, it's game over. It's not. I mean, WWE is still far out in front. They have about four billion pay-per-view buys to one with AEW. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. They got contracts with Saudi Arabia. Which again will not be a great show. Bringing out all the old relics. No. Undertaker versus Goldberg. They're going to turn it into dust. Like Undertaker is not taking a jackhammer. No. No shot. He's probably not even going to take a spear. Like, what are they going to do? One spear and that's it. Like, Bill, uh, broken rib. Bill, you got to finish the match. And then you got Triple H versus Randy Orton, which makes zero sense. I mean, not only does it make zero sense from just a match standpoint, like a storyline, but if you're not going to promote it at all, what's the point? Like, Triple H could have gone one-on-one with, like, Aleister Black. They, they just want full-blown industry. They don't even care about the entertainment aspect. Kayfabe's totally dead in WWE. And what the hell is going on with Shane McMahon wrestling every week? Yeah. Who, who do they think they are, dude? Like, what is their problem? He can't... Why, why, why does Shane McMahon have two feuds with two of the top performers in the business at the exact same time? Because they're so ignorant, like they're trying, they're trying to relive the past. They're trying to recreate their glory days when Shane was one of the top heels every week. Like, where's Cesaro? Where's Ricochet? Where's Alistair Black? Like, why, why is Shane McMahon getting these opportunities? Why is, why is Drew McIntyre? playing cheerleader to Shane McMahon maybe, when he's maybe, maybe, for the maybe, Universal maybe, Championship. Maybe Vince is trying to like self-destruct. Maybe he's just... Why, why, why is Baron Corbin facing Seth Rollins at Super Showdown? It's like week after week after week you're just burning out one fan by one fan. One fan at a time. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Not a good TV show anymore. It's terrible. It's a terrible TV show. You make a very solid point. One fan at a time. Well, one thing that Moxley said on Talk is Jericho, not a big thing, so I'm not spoiling anything. 
But he says, I hope WWE does well. I hope that us being a byproduct, like I hope WWE improves by us being a byproduct and being good. If AEW can help Vince open his eyes and realize, oh shit, we actually have to be better, that'll be good for wrestling. So that'll wrap it up for our AEW Double or Nothing recap. Check out uh, O'Hara and Friends make a vlog later. Uh, and actually, Fight for the Fallen, let's give away some tickets. So Fight for the Fallen, July 13th, Jacksonville, Florida. If you can listen to this podcast and name the name of Declan's new band that he is so proudly to represent at his high school, O'Hara and Friends, DM us on Instagram and Twitter saying O'Hara and Friends and you'll take 20% off your tickets for Fight for the Fallen or any future All Elite Wrestling event. That's TickPick.com, no hidden fees, which means if it's $27, it's $27. No fees, no hidden fees, TickPick.com. Do you want to say it or I say it? I'll, I'll let you say it. You're recording. Hit it, Hootie. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.